God is good. All the time. We are also good. That's awesome. Good morning. My name is Chan Choi, serving Urban Village Church South Loop. Welcome all of you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I really feel great to see Alex and SD working together this morning. And you know what? There's some kind of uh, very strategic planning for this. And, and I assigned them one for test fire and one for scripture reader. And it worked well. So. <laughs> Next time, I'm going to find another couple to assign this really awesome project. I can see many of you here. So So when we first decided to have a new sermon series, Strange Jesus, that we get an idea from famous Netflix drama, Stranger Things, I had no idea what this sermon series would look like. How many of you watched this show? All right. That's awesome. Many friends and colleagues recommended this show, but I didn't have a chance to watch it. So I started watching the show, Stranger Things, to prepare the sermon series. You know what? It's a, always the best reason to watch the show or movie for pastor for preparing the sermon. So I did. <laughs> and then there were several things that I overlooked. First, I didn't know it is a drama series that they already created and released three seasons. And another season is coming up. Second, Netflix has a powerful function binge watching, which means <laughs> I had watched whole three seasons in three days. Wow. <laughs> Impressive. I did. I just fell in love with the series as much as I love another Netflix show, Queer Eye, which is another my favorite. At first, I was watching each episode with holding a pen and note, since there was a very specific reason why I was watching. But soon enough, I was, I was just holding a bag of chips and watching it, watching it, and pushing the button, keep watching, keep watching. Even though I'm not old enough to remember that early 1980s, I was able to recall the game that I played with my friends like Will, Mike, and, and Dustin, and Lucas played at the show. And I also remember a telephone that was the only way of communication with my friends. Do you remember that? I know you guys have been now all the different messengers and social media, but at that time, Telephone was the only communication tool. So the beginning story about mysterious disappearance of Will was fascinating enough to watch each season without stopping. Don't worry, there'll be no more spoiler about this show. <laughs> Rest of my sermon. And just think about it. You may have a similar experience that you just get into the story with excitement and joy of reading or watching. Do you have that? that experience, just, just reading through the whole book in a day or watching through the whole series in a day like me. Then I recalled one book, one book that taught me a joy of reading. What would be? The Bible. <laughs> I'm pastor here, so <laughs> you might know that answer, right? The 
Bible. Have you read through the whole Bible? Don't worry, it's not to judge you. I'm, I'm just curious about it. I did read through the whole Bible when I was eight years old. I'm your pastor. <laughs> but it was not for rewards that my parents promised, but I just read through the whole Bible because it was fun enough. Definitely, I may skip some part about all the ritual and, and legal or moral practices in the, Bible, in the Old Testament, but there were lots of interesting stories that stimulated my curiosity, like the story of creation. Isn't it just fantastic? God just say something and there's something created. Like it was awesome. And the story of Israel and all the story about heroes, heroes who rescued and, and led the whole Israelite from the slavery, the hero who fought against a giant soldier with his sling, and Jesus, who is my favorite character in the Bible. In eight years old boy's view, Jesus was a superhero who showed many miracles of healing and driving out the demon and bringing a justice and peace. And for a while, I was reading the Bible like my favorite science fiction. I truly appreciate my mom who was patient enough to answer my question about the Bible, like, Mom, who wrote the Bible? Where is the Garden of Eden? How was Jesus able to do all the miracles? Then why did Jesus die on the cross? Because he was so powerful. And can we see and hear Jesus like others in the Bible? I couldn't recall how my mom answered these tough questions for eight years old. I really want to know to answer some questions from our people. But these questions allowed me to continuously experience the excitement of reading the Bible. And then, at some point, I lost this genuine joy of reading the Bible. Because I couldn't agree with this discouraging permission to read the Bible from the church. Just read the Bible. Believe it without question. What makes you stop reading the Bible? What is that intercepts your joy of reading the Bible? Can we read the Bible as our favorite book again? Through this sermon series, we are going to talk about strange Jesus, which is about his weird behaviors and saying and words and or mysterious happening in the Bible. That we may have lots of questions. And I encourage you to raise your questions by using your imagination creativity and to read the story of strange Jesus with curiosity. That's my invitation for all of you today. And through these questions, we can deepen our understanding of the Bible and find a hidden message. Amen? Amen? So after reading today's passage, what questions do you have in your mind? I'm asking. Please use your imagination and creativity. And what kind of question you have after reading through these four verses? 
coin get in the mouth of the fish. Amen. That's great. I know Gary just used his creativity. How about you others? What kind of question? Oh, more deep question. Anything else? Why fish? Sorry, I didn't prepare that answer, but. <laughs> She's a lawyer. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's true. Coin and the fish. Is it a true story of miracle or not? Why did Jesus pay the tax? Have you ever raised that question? Because Jesus told them, told Peter, right? So I know this story of coin in the fish mouth is interesting enough for being a part of stranger things. And since the writer of the Gospel of Matthew only stated a command of Jesus, go and cast a hook, then we'll find a coin from the first fish. We don't know whether it is another story of miracle or not. So some scholars explain that it is a kind of affirmation of trust in God who will supply God's people with what they need for their service. Or Jesus means Peter to catch fish which can be sold to pay the tax for them both. So regarding Amanda's question, why fish? Because Peter was fisher. Fishman, that's the reason why we can gas. We, can gas. we are not sure about that. But true. But still, this imagination of finding coin from the fish is interesting enough that you might want to check the fish mouth next time <laughs> after catching a fish. And please let me know if you find it. But... This mysterious and supernatural happening is a main topic if that includes a message of Jesus. This story should be continued with the story of Peter's fishing and finding an exigent amount of coin for tax and Jesus teaching about the abandoned blessing from heaven which fulfilled our needs. But there is no further information. Rather, this mysterious story of the coin in the fish mouth would play a, play a role of pointing out a hidden message that we are easily passing through. Why did Jesus command Peter to go to sea and cast a hook? Why? Finding a coin, right? What are they going to do with this coin? Paying the tax. Paying taxes is another question that we can raise from today's passage. Why did Jesus pay the tax? For digging up this question, we need a general information about the temple tax in Jesus' era. Actually, there were different ideas about who should pay and how often. So, based on the book of Nehemiah chapter 10, which is about a covenant that people of Israel made after rebuilding the wall, Jewish population had a yearly obligation of one-third shekels for supporting of the temple. And there are different ideas, like Sadducees argue that the annual payment should be a voluntary gift rather than an uh, imposed tax. The Kumlin community insisted that it should be a only one-time, one-time contribution. 
Parishes, always Parishes is a problem. Parishes argue that every male Jew over 20 throughout the world to be liable for half a shekel based on the law of Moses as a reminder, as a reminder of the ransom to ward off plague. So this is a general information about tax at the time. And at the time, provision was made for collecting the tax locally and sending the gathered monies to Jerusalem. So, the collection period was about a month leading up to the Passover. I feel like reading through on the instruction for the tax at the IRS website. Anyway, so, <laughs> it was not a weird case that the temple tax collectors knocked on the door where Jesus and his disciples stayed. It was a very general situation. They knocked on the door and they asked this general question to Peter, who was spoken person. Does your te teacher not pay the temple tax? That's a very simple question for them. And fair enough. And Peter answered, yes, he does. Since we have many lawyers here, let's skip the issue of power of attorney or legal representation. <laughs> it's not an issue here. This passage. I know you think, oh, that's not fair. Right? But Peter may simply assume that Jesus would pay it like other made you. However, there are more reasons that Jesus would not pay the tax. First of all, Jesus has shown his radical attitude to the temple. In chapter 12, when Pharisees complained about Jesus' disciples working on the Sabbath, Jesus said, Something greater than the temple is here. It's very problematic at the time. In the scene that Jesus cleaned the temple in chapter 21, we can see a direct criticism on those who change money for the payment of the tax. These are enough to show Jesus' attitude toward the temple and tax without mentioning his prediction about the temple will be destroyed. And in today's passage, Jesus helped Peter to see more clear reason why he doesn't need to pay the temple tax through a conversation with him. Peter may think it is not a big deal to pay the temple tax since it is the same amount of money with the two days' ways of labor. However, it was a big deal to show the identity who Jesus is. What is tax? What is tax? Payment you have to give to the government. All right. Person. Person. Uh-huh. Person is all. All right. You don't need to try giving a professional response about it. I'm just asking. So simply think about it. It was a way to raise revenue for all rulers at that time. And oftentimes it causes a war to expand their territory where they can collect taxes. We can find it from our histories. Then who is the ruler of the temple? Not the priest, not all the leaders of that temple. No human could claim this title, the ruler of the temple. God is the only one who can claim this title, who can collect the temple tax. Then who are the sons exempt 
from this taxation. The obvious reference in this conversation is to Jesus himself, who has been declared Son of God on the mountain by the cloud of voice in chapter 17, just before this conversation. That's the reason why we need to read we need to read through the whole Bible, not only a selected passage. Just before this conversation, Jesus brought his disciple to the mountain for praying. And at the mountain, they heard that this is my son. Jesus rejected paying tax, but it is not anti-temple or anti-Torah but it may be directed against people's interpretation about the temple tax and his identity. I am the Son of God. That's the reason why he rejected paying the tax. Through his conversation, Jesus wanted to argue that he and his followers are children of the great king and therefore cannot be taxed in his name. So Jesus didn't need to pay the temple tax. Then, why did he command Peter to pay the tax with the coin and the fish? Let's read this verse one more time carefully to find the hidden message that we were passing through by focusing on the coin and the fish. Let's read together. One, two, three. I know this verse of the children are free is fascinating enough for claiming our own freedom as we just praised and sang. And the story of coin and the fish is interesting enough for imagining the meaning and the perspective of symbolism, as Jay asked. But the next part is a clue that we can answer this question of why did Jesus pay the tax for not giving offense to them. Jesus has shown his attitude to the temple and taught that he is the son of God who doesn't need to pay the tax, but he was willing to pay the temple tax to not to give offense to the people. This part could be trans translated into not causing to stumble, not causing to lose one's faith. Jesus just did give up his freedom to avoid causing to lose one's faith. It was not the first time of seeing Jesus giving up his own freedom for others. Do you remember these teachings about when someone wants to sue you and take your shirt, give your coat as well? Do you remember that? How about when someone wants, if, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go to Go two miles with them. Do you remember that teaching too? We can name it as love, which is a governing principle and which is the highest rule and value for us. Here is his message of Jesus from today's passage. We need to consider others' welfare as much as we care for our own freedom. 
This is a way of love that has been the center of Jesus' teaching and ministry. When I first heard about this new sermon series of Strange Jesus, first thing was popped in my mind was the crucifixion of Jesus. What do you think? Who is Jesus? As we talk today, Jesus is Son of God. Amen? Who doesn't need to pay the temple tax? Who has a supernatural power as he knew the exact number of coins in the fish mouth to pay the tax? But this Son of God gives his life for others. He sacrifices his most valuable and important freedom. Isn't this the most mysterious story of Jesus? Then what is the key for solving this mystery? It's love. We are one of them who knocked on the door for asking Jesus to pay the temple tax without knowing who Jesus is. Then Jesus paid the temple tax to avoid being himself a stumbling block because he loves us. We are one of them who shout out, let him be crucified without knowing who Jesus is. And Jesus gave up his life and freedom because he loves us. Love has been the most important value and mission for Jesus all the time. And how about you? If we want to claim that we are the children of God who are free, like Jesus, we also need to follow his teaching about love. So let me ask you this question. What is your thing that you never ever let go? What is your thing that you don't want to sacrifice? It could be your own pride and reputation. Even it could be your freedom. You may sometimes ignore the love for you your own value, rather than giving it up for love. Whenever you need to make a choice between your own value and love, please remember today's passage, not about the coin and the fish, not about the system of temple tax, but the reason why Jesus paid the temple tax, by limiting his own freedom. Love. Love is the only key to solve our question about this strange Jesus. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we are thankful for reminding us your love that we have experienced. We used to forget how precious our new life is that we receive through your sacrifice that was only possible by limiting your own freedom. We confess that we are selfish, so we don't want to sacrifice our freedom for others. And we are forgetful, so we don't practice your love as we receive. Please guide us to avoid giving offense to others and help us to care others in your love. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.